Hi, my name's Kevin Liston. And my name is Joshua Crocker. And this is Kicking for a Living, a podcast about martial arts and business from two martial arts instructors. Great. So I'm really excited to be doing this. I've been doing martial arts for uh, over 20 years at this point. Um, I've been running and operating my own school for eight, but teaching at other school for several, several years before that. And I started martial arts about 12 years ago. I've been teaching the last couple years now. Uh, I have a second degree black belt. I've got a, a fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo. I'm also a brown belt in uh, Ishinru Karate and a purple belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I've done several other different boxing, kickboxing, Krav Maga martial arts and things of that over the time. I think we both have some experience in different styles. Uh, at our dojo, we teach a variety of different martial arts with our specialties because I think each instructor has a slightly different background. So we each teach a little bit different uh, styles, a little different teaching styles as well. And that sort of rubs off on you. And in our own training, we have, like you said, karate, uh, jiu-jitsu, taekwondo, uh, various other styles we train in. Yeah, and I and I think that's probably good that we're able to do that because, uh, especially now, one martial arts is great, but with so much about the mixed martial arts, what we kind of call ourselves is integrated martial arts. Um, we integrate various different styles and things of that. That way we have a little more well-rounded, uh, and I think that's becoming more and more common out there as well. It definitely feels, yeah. You see, at least here in the States, how... There's a lot of martial arts schools that do have different styles they teach from. The style, the schools that teach one style are becoming more and more rare, it feels. Right. There are definitely schools that have one focus, but even then, they, they branch out. You know, you'll see a, a jiu-jitsu school that does MMA classes or boxing or judo classes as well. You'll see karate schools that are now introducing groundwork and things like that, so... It's definitely becoming more and more common, um, and I think that we kind of grew up in that generation of martial arts where we've got to experience and see that change happen. It, it is one of the weird, almost ideas people have martial art, about martial arts, whether they've trained in a little bit of martial arts before or not. They hear, oh, you, you teach martial arts, you do martial arts, well, what style do you do it? And I think one of the misconceptions of martial arts is that each style is vastly different. When we're starting to see, especially in this new generation of martial artists, bridging that together, I think it's really helping the martial arts community as a whole that they get to experience the best parts of each other. And instead of being kind of divided in different styles, you can bring that together to be integrated like we try to do at our school. Uh, and I think because you brought it up, that actually segues into our topic for today, for our first podcast here, is kind of some of the misconceptions uh, of martial arts or misconceptions that people have around martial arts uh, that we're going to kind of get into a little more in-depth discussion on. So... One misconception I know you wanted to talk about and that we see a lot as instructors is discipline in martial arts and people's perception of discipline in martial arts. 
Can you kind of give us an overview maybe of your feelings towards this just right off the bat? Uh, of course, yeah. So just jumping into it here. So one of the things is you'll see, especially if you, you go on a martial arts website, you'll see martial arts can teach your kid discipline. Martial arts teaches discipline and focus and listening skills and things like that. And it's not wrong, and there definitely is a the market for that. But I feel like it's a little bit of a misconception in that martial arts itself doesn't teach discipline, but rather it demands it. And what I mean by that is whatever martial art it is, you're teaching someone how to how to strike, how to do a takedown, how to do a throw, how to do a, a kick, how to do an arm bar or a choke or something like that. And these are all very dangerous things. And if a person doesn't have discipline to use that appropriate or to use that for only self-defense, then it becomes more of a liability. And so over time, martial arts has required that person to have discipline in knowing that they're going to be able to use that right. And over the course of time and as kids have gotten involved, I think that the misconception is that when you take your kid to a martial arts school, that they're learning what discipline is. Well, really they're learning martial arts and they just need discipline in order to progress. And I think that that is a, uh, a bit of a misconception in that we're not going to be up there as instructors teaching kids, well, discipline means this, that, and the other. We might talk about it, but that's not the focus of the entire class is this is what discipline, that's something that parents should be teaching at home. The kids should be learning that at home. Bringing them to martial arts class reinforces that because they need to have it, but we're not going to be teaching them like the definition of here's what it means, here's what it is. We'll reinforce that, but really that's that's the parent's job. Does that make a little bit of sense? Yeah, and I think that's a really good bring-up. And this is, you, you see this in a lot of areas. In martial arts, we see it in kind of our narrow field. But even in schools, this is something I hear a lot from our teacher friends talking about how parents send their kids to school and then want the teachers to kind of teach and reinforce behavior that needs to also be happening at home. But isn't always there and you when we're talking about kids and I think that's really important in martial arts and discipline because a lot of it is central centered around kids training and that, that just gave me the thought of where kind of do we see the background and why is it so popular now for kids to train that most of our students are 13 or younger probably I think that that also, I think, came over time as there's definitely a market for it. I mean, we talk about this podcast is martial arts and business. And while you'll see, especially like on shows like Cobra Kai, where the whole class is nothing but teenagers. They don't even allow adults. You don't see kids that are not in high school. That's not realistic. <laughs> teenagers are one of the hardest group uh, to get in. And so from a business Kids are a huge part of it, especially with bullying nowadays and things of that, um, that teaching someone martial arts from a very early age is, is good because then they can develop it and they can grow with it. But a teacher teaches a very specific 
topic, whatever their specialty is. If they go to college and they want to be a teacher, they're going to teach what their field is that they have the most training or knowledge in. A martial arts instructor, that is martial arts. That is not discipline and child behavior and psychology. Now, there are some martial art instructors that have studied that to help them with their teaching, but at the end of the day, martial arts is the primary topic, and then discipline, integrity, respect are simply reinforced by the teachings of that. Just like a, you go to a history class in school, you're there to learn history, not discipline. Yeah, do you have to have discipline for your teacher? Of course. And it's interesting how much martial arts ties into all this because as a martial arts teacher is both of our full-time jobs. Uh, that's what we do five days a week. We're up there at the school teaching. That a lot of what I feel, at least for me, I'm teaching during a week isn't very much re reflective of my amazing martial arts skill if you want to say I have amazing martial <laughs> arts skill. Where, and I think that You're pretty shows a bit of the divide between being a good martial artist and being a good teacher. Often the two go hand in hand, but when you are working with kids and the topic of discipline comes up, martial arts demands discipline so they can get to that higher level, that more advanced level. But most of the classes I teach and most classes you teach are a very beginner mindset things I learned to do years ago and as a black belt you start to master a bit more if you want to use that word and like the little kids class the four through six year olds hardly is that even what I'd consider martial arts mm -hmm. are you punching and kicking sure but right. we're using martial arts ideas again punching kicking self-defense moves that are useful, but more to teach them that body control. And that's another area where I think discipline is really huge in martial arts, is it teaches these kids and sometimes adults too. I see plenty of adults, teenagers, who also need more just body awareness. And by using these moves that could be more dangerous, I mean, if you punch someone, um, could end up hurting them. It demands that discipline, as you're saying, and you get to learn better body control. If you want to kick, even if you're just kicking a bag, if you don't have balance, you're going to fall over. And I don't want to do a kick and fall over uh, because that's just going to end up worse for me. Yeah, I would actually say, and there was something in there that you brought up that I want to come back to as well as another misconception, but I really agree that martial arts teaches at its core, it's going to teach you control, uh, balance, awareness, well before it will teach discipline or uh, focus and things of that nature. You have to have focus, you do have to have discipline, but really you're going to learn better balance, better awareness, better body control, better muscle memory and muscle control well before you will learn discipline. You might learn discipline I think via a little bit of osmosis. If someone comes in and they're not disciplined and they keep getting hounded on, I can't teach you this until you show me better discipline in class, they might show better discipline because they want to learn, but it's not like I taught them how to do that. Mm -hmm. It was, I set the goal and then that student uh, wanted to reach the goal. I told them what they need to reach the goal and then there we go. We it, move on from there. It reminds me of one of my favorite sayings is that, 
your martial arts journey doesn't really begin to get your black belt. And that's not right. to discourage anyone, but there, there's that first year after you earn your black belt where you start to realize, oh, wait, I'm not sure if I actually know anything <laughs> yet. And it really does feel like starting over, but starting over with that beginner's mindset of, oh, I've already got the foundation. Now I get to keep learning. I, I have that body awareness now to do the things I've been learning for the last few years. I know some excellent students who aren't black belts yet that are great martial artists, but there's still that mindset of just getting to your black belt is just learning to understand your body. And you're not going to come in to a dojo and be master in six weeks, no matter how much you train in those six weeks. And that's a misconception for some people. They see either the movies or shows where a kid goes to karate camp over the summer and six weeks is a black belt. Well, that'd be awesome. Not really the case. Yeah, that is definitely another misconception is that it's the the Dunning-Kruger effect in that the more you know, the more you realize how much you don't know, which I think is where the idea of your journey begins really at black belt. Uh, black belt is not like a master. I think that's a misconception. People look at a black belt and say, oh, they're the best. And they're like a master. No. A black belt really means they put in the time, the effort, the dedication. Are they good? Yes. Um, absolutely. But most black belts will tell you that, you know, I'm a black belt, but I've still got so much more I can learn. It really is this this misconception that you, you're not going to be this great, awesome martial arts expert after months even a few years you've really only skimmed the surface it is definitely a journey um not something that you can do over the course of a summer uh i relate it to going to the gym you know people will go to the gym to work out to lose weight great you can't go to a gym for two months lose a little bit of weight and then stop it'll all come back it's you've got to continue to do it and i think people have a misconception about just how much time and how long it takes to really get good at martial arts. So tying back into discipline, where does that play in, both as a martial artist, you feel, and business, an instructor? How do you use people's perception Mm -hmm. of discipline in martial arts, either as marketing or in your teaching? Uh, Where do both sides of that kind of cross together and where do we find that conclusion of discipline? Oh, that that's that's a good question because a lot of martial arts schools, pretty much any martial arts school nowadays is going to use that discipline, that focus, that integrity, uh, the honesty, respect as part of a marketing tool because that is something that kids and sometimes adults really need. And that is very attractive to people who who need that. And, oh, I can go to a martial arts school. This is going to help me with that. Uh, And so for the business side of it, yes, you're going to see that pop up a lot. But the martial part of it, the martial arts is, again, they're going to need that to move on. I'm not, as an instructor, I'm not going to teach a kid a more advanced technique 
if I find out that they're going around and, you know, hitting or kicking other kids at school. I'm not going to teach them how to make that stronger. That's that's not a good idea. And so, in that case, I would need that kid to have discipline. I'm not going to sit down and teach them what that is. I might sit down with the parent and have a conversation, but really it's that parent that's going to teach that I'm going to reinforce it. And I think that what a lot of martial arts schools need to do to kind of get rid of that misconception is start changing some of their wordage from your kid will learn discipline to we will help reinforce the discipline learned at home. That way, it's it's not misleading to any parents or students that are coming in. Did that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. And again, we're teaching martial arts, not discipline, and that's important. And you will need to be disciplined if you want to be a great martial artist one day um, because I don't want there to be someone I'm teaching all these moves to that doesn't have discipline and like you say mm-hmm. it's going to be picking on other kids at school causing other problems I, I can think of times when a student's getting ready to maybe move up to the advanced class where the, you really start to see that step up in the material they're learning and we don't want to promote a student until they've learned control. There's been times where a student may be looking good, getting the moves they need down. But without the control, maybe they need a bit more time to just work on that. And that's okay. And that's where if they're getting that reinforcement at home or they have that mindset of I want to keep growing, discipline, you're going to see discipline there because... It's on the kid now, the student, to realize, oh, this is how I need to behave and act in order to be a great martial artist. And on that, this is something that I want to ask you, because you're, you're, in the grand scheme of things, you're younger. You've only been teaching for a few years. Um, but have you experienced, um, when you're out in public or you know hanging out uh, with friends or in a group or whatever, uh, even just like grocery shopping, if someone learns that you're a martial artist, you engage in a conversation, they say, hey, where do you work? You say, oh, I'm a martial arts instructor. Is their initial reaction this kind of, because I used to get this a lot, still do, this like, oh, don't don't mess with him. Oh, don't beat me up. Like, it, is that something that you encounter too? When I was a little younger, so maybe... Uh... 10 to 13 range, 10 to 14. I feel like that happened a couple of times, but actually recently I can think back to my last few conversations with people where I tell them I teach martial arts and it's been kind of fun because they're like, Oh, you teach martial arts. And they just want to have a conversation about it. They're like, Oh, my dad used to do martial arts. He did this style. What about you? So actually my last few interactions have been pretty positive. Uh, They've been just fun conversations, but I have, even if it's been a while, had that reaction of, oh, don't beat me up. <laughs> and since I was a smaller kid, it was normally more of, oh, you think you can beat me up. Mm-hmm. There was that doubt in it too, which made me want to hit him in the face. Hopefully I had <laughs> enough discipline not to. I think I was more just not confident enough to. Well, and I think that's that's a misconception is... It, it, because of that reaction, and I asked this, a lot of people immediately assume you're a martial artist, you must be very violent. 
mm-hmm. and and it's and I was actually talking to one of my students about this. We don't go looking for fights. We avoid them. And I always tell people, if it's a real martial artist, they're probably one of the nicest people out there. I the, saw a couple videos just scrolling on my phone the other day of exactly that. It was a few influencers or whoever or just knuckleheads who walked into a boxing gym, someone else's school, and wanted to pick pick on the instructor, start a fight. Bad idea. Both times, the the instructors, the coaches were just like, fine, let's go. And the whole time, they're just beating him up with quotation marks. They were taking it easy on him. They were just talking to them and teaching them a lesson about humility as this wannabe fighter, you know, (laughs) clearly realizes maybe they needed a bit more discipline in this scenario. Yes, you will. You'll, you'll see that a lot. It, that's pretty rare that people will come in and challenge yeah. those things nowadays. They're just the ones that make it to the internet. <laughs> right, right, yes. They're you the don't ones see that get it a lot. <laughs> but I, I, there is that misconception that all martial artists are violent. And if, if they've done their job right and they've reinforced that discipline, then again, that student shouldn't be violent. They should learn probably through taking hard hits themselves, man, I really don't want to do this to someone because this could really hurt someone. This could be very bad for me if I go too far, go overboard. I really, avoiding the fight is my best option because even the best martial artist, if they just get a lucky hit on them, it completely takes away all of their training. Uh, uh, Students will ask, well, what do you, how do you defend a, a punch you don't see coming? You don't. If you don't see it, you get hit. There's just nothing you can do about that. There's no way around it. And I would love to talk on just that and some of the questions you get more about stopping strikes or scenarios. But I, I want to go a bit more on talking about violence in martial arts because this is our second big misconception we want to talk about today. Because I've heard before, even from people close to me, oh, martial arts, you must be really violent, or yeah, you, you can do that, Joshua, but I don't want to take part in that because that's just a violent thing. And this is the misconception to me that can be the most frustrating, but I think I can also sure. understand it, and I want to break it down and talk about and hear your opinion, Kevin, on violence and how and injuries and how that relates to martial arts. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've even got some statistics here uh, that you've researched on. That'd be really curious to know about and then uh, go in depth on. Yeah, so I I pulled up a few statistics the other day, and it's hard to get an exact count on all this stuff. But from my research, and I'll put my sources sources in the description, there's about there are 6.2 million martial arts in the U.S. last year, uh, and about 25,000 injuries reported and ER trips. So that's just 0.4%. So less than 1%. Not a lot of people have a serious enough injury to require a visit to the ER. (laughs) And looking at these statistics, the majority of them are adults too. So if you're worried about your kid getting hurt uh, in martial arts, 
only a small percentage are kids. Kids, kids can bounce back from anything. <laughs> kids are tough. <laughs> and interestingly, uh, and you could compare the amount of people who compete in each of these sports and activities. Uh, some are much more popular than others. But most sports and several activities I've researched have higher injury rates than martial arts. From sports like hockey, uh, lacrosse, horseback riding, having two times the amount of injuries, uh, snow sports, uh, baseball, fishing, and golf have four times the injuries. Fishing and golf have more injuries than being a martial artist. There you go, yeah. I... <laughs> I don't even know how you would injure yourself in the, I mean, I guess pull a muscle or something while golfing or fishing, but okay. Who knows? Again, I'll, I'll give you the fact that there are probably more popular activities, but still. That's a fair, yeah. Four times as much injuries on those. Trampolines, soccer have five times the amount. Yeah, trampolines and, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Trampolines are asking for you to injure yourself. And then the higher up you get, you see sports like basketball, one of the most popular Sports in the U.S., 10 times the amount of ER trips. Just everyday exercise. People at the gym, exercising, going for runs around their neighborhood, have 16 times the amount of injuries. So even if one thing, one activity is more popular than the other, what I gather from a lot of these numbers is if you're doing anything that requires any sort of physical skill, then there's a chance you're going to get hurt. And martial arts is no different. With maybe one key thing about it that I think actually helps when talking about injuries. So why, I'm curious, why do you think martial arts has such a lower injury percentage? And obviously percentages are, are tricky to track, but in general, from what we're seeing, why do you think it's so much lower than these other sports and activities. So I have a thought. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, on what my, my key thing, my thought on this is martial arts, at least a good martial arts school is going to prioritize safety because they know that in order to be doing what they do, safety is important. And it goes back to what we talked about for the first half of the episode, discipline. It's a martial arts instructor isn't going to tell you to practice a takedown without first showing you how to fall the safe way. So you'll we'll spend the first five, ten minutes of class working on break falls, uh, learning how to fall without hurting ourselves, and then we'll spend the rest of class working on the actual move, uh, the hip toss, the chin lift, whatever move we're doing that day. Right, and and I think that that is, that is so key to that. Because I completely agree with you that martial arts, a good martial arts school, prioritizes that safety, teaches a lot of safety, and they spend a lot of time, for the most part, it depends on the martial art, but for the most part, they spend a lot more time on the technique rather than the, I guess you could say, the win. This, go ahead. I was just going to say, it reminds me of a story, um... My sister at her black belt test last year, she was in wrestling for a year. And not to say anything bad about wrestling. I've known several people, my sister and others, who did wrestling, uh, enjoyed it a lot. 
I would consider that a martial art to some degree, yeah, but no, most people don't. It's a much more sport martial arts, and we could talk a whole nother episode about sport uh, and self-defense and martial arts. Right. Whole different topic. But anyway, she did wrestling for a year in school. It was her black belt testing, and one thing she had to do was teach a move she learned in wrestling. And she did a great job of it. I was lost the whole time. Uh, but she, she was good at the move. But at one point, someone asked her, well, do you have any safety tips on this? And she just matter-of-factly says, not really. They don't teach us safety on these moves. Mm-hmm. Now, and, th- and that gets me because this was high school. I mean, these are high school students. And I understand that in high school, like we were talking about earlier, martial arts is a journey. But in high school, you have a very limited season of wrestling. And so it's cram and go and hit it hard. And I think a lot of these sports, that's the reason they have so many injuries. Is that in order to win, to get that medal, to get that trophy, to get that prize, if that's what you're interested in. It is about just hit it hard, push yourself. And if you do that without the safety and in a very short kind of blast time frame, the chances of an injury increase. Whereas martial arts being kind of the long journey and focusing on the technique, I think is one of the reasons that injuries are so much lower. Is Yes, you can compete in martial arts and there are competitive schools out there, but that is not the end goal of martial arts. It's not to see how many trophies you got. I, I know some people that have got a bunch of trophies, and I know some people that have gotten none that are both black belts. You wouldn't have let me teach at your school if I needed more trophies. <laughs> I, I have a lot, but they're mostly second and third places in tournaments I went to where there was only two or three kids. <laughs> right, right. You're guaranteed a thirst third place trophy if you're you know only competing with two others for the instructor at our school who focuses the most on competition i'm the head of our competition team right i'm not i was never i'm still not that great at competition because that's not what's most important to me anyway i enjoy it more than maybe some of the other instructors and i enjoy working with our competition team practicing for sport martial arts but for me personally it's still not what I'm training for. I'm training to be safe more than anything. And th- and like you say, you'll find different schools. Sometimes you'll even find schools that too try to focus a little bit on both in different ways. But if you want to get in martial arts to compete, if you want to do things like wrestling or boxing, which have a very much competition-focused aspect, fantastic. If you want to learn jujitsu, for an example... To help you with your confidence to stay safe, that's also great. And I don't even think they are exclusive, but they're different. Right. Would Would you say that um, that's a misconception that people might have about martial arts is that it's a highly competitive thing? Would you say that some people think it's this big, massive, competitive? I think that misconception has gone down a bit in recent years. But it's still going to be out there because the movies you see, a lot of them, they're either have all the action sequences, which give you the misconception that you're going to be doing backflips in your martial arts, (laughs) or they have the tournaments. Because if you're writing a movie about 
martial arts, a tournament is an appealing story. Uh, is seeing martial arts kids get ready for a tournament. So you see a lot of that in maybe film and TV just because that tells the best story. Uh, a story about a Monday night of classes uh, isn't going to be at Monday night of classes where we're focusing on what choke defenses that week. Yeah, it's fun. Not going to make a great story. Right. It's Karate Kid and obviously the popularity of Cobra Kai out there, which on that misconception, they will not allow kids to spar full contact without gear. So when you're watching these shows and movies and you see these kids sparring um, without any protective gear on and it's full con- that that would never happen. The liability and lawsuits alone that that's not gonna that's not how that works. We're not allowed to do that. <laughs> really, right. right? Your goal is to not just bloody their nose and break it. You know, they will have gear. They will have rules uh, associated with that. So then, how do you deal with people? Whether it's for them personally or when talking about their kids are against martial arts from the just idea of learning to punch and kick no matter what you say is a violent thing. I actually think that that mindset is one of the reasons that arts like judo, jiu-jitsu, and even wrestling to a degree have taken off a lot more is because people view physically hitting and kicking someone is a very violent act, but if I can put them down and control them, it doesn't look as violent. The ironic part is the the risk of injury is is there regardless. Um, you know, punching and hitting, you have a risk of injury, but if you're practicing arm bars and someone doesn't let go soon enough, obviously, you know, hyperextension or breaking the arm, the risk of injury is there. But I think the misconception may be the the way it's viewed is oh they're just holding them down whereas this person's like punching them in the face and there is some truth to that there is definitely some reality and both have their merits and it, it it's so situational but i think that that's part of the reason that those have gone up in popularity is that that violent view on the flip side of that I know people that when they hear the term jiu-jitsu think MMA and they think they are punching and kicking when they're really not. And so I know I've been in the jiu-jitsu <laughs> class and they always get upset at me when I try to punch them. <laughs> um, it is, it, there is, especially for sport, there are, again, like I said, rules, you know, there are rules that you follow. Are all of them great for self-defense? Yes. Anything that's going to build up your confidence is going to work for that. Um, but, I think there's a big misconception on, like we've been talking about, how violent martial arts is. When at the end of the day, because of rules, because of the need to have discipline, not that you're going to learn it, but just because it demands it, because of the safety that martial arts schools teach and prioritize perhaps over other uh, sports, is part of the reason that martial arts is actually not nearly as violent as people think it is and um, to wrap up that idea of people's perception of martial arts being violent where one of my again biggest pet peeves 
and biggest frustrations when it comes to misconceptions is if I hear someone say, and I've heard people I know or I'm close to say something along these lines of, I would never want, I would never punch someone. I would never let my kids learn to punch someone. And then I just, I have to stop and think if you were in danger, your family was in danger Mm -hmm. and you needed to keep them safe. Are you telling me you are too afraid, too much of a pacifist, as you want to call it, to strike back? And I get it. I am very much non-confrontational. I usually try to avoid picking fights. Uh, But if you're in that serious scenario and you're not willing to do what it takes to stay safe, that to me is a bad mindset and I'm not going to argue otherwise. I will just blatantly say you have to think about what matters and that sometimes you're going to get hurt. But maybe the misconception of punching people is you can get punched without, you know, breaking your face, without, you know, going to ER. I have been hit a lot and I have mm-hmm. never had to go to ER. Well, I did the other week, but that was unrelated. <laughs> and I non-martial art injury yes (laughs) which is the last thing i was thinking about on injuries is think about all the times either one of us have hurt ourselves at the dojo or otherwise rarely ever is it because of a move went wrong i broke my toe the other day while at the, the dojo and it was because i was walking out of our staff room and stubbed my toe on the door (laughs) <laughs> right. The only injuries I've sustained from martial arts have been board breaking. It wasn't sparring, it wasn't fighting, it wasn't rolling, it was it was doing a board break. <laughs> whoa, whoa, you got a black eye from rolling the other day. But again, it's because someone accidentally <laughs> you know, hit you with their elbow just because the same thing could happen if you were right. hugging a relative goodbye. Yes. Yeah. You just, when you're that close to someone, yeah, they're never, they're never the cool things you would think they are. Like, oh, I busted this up. Oh, were you in a fight? Be like, no, I, I missed when I was doing a board break and hit a little low or, you know, I stubbed my toe or I bumped a door. So yeah, I won't lie to you. You could get hurt doing martial arts, but if you want to have a cool story to tell about getting hurt during martial arts, you're going to have to make it up later. Because <laughs> yeah. even, I know injury-prone people who are black belts. Yeah, you know, yes. Yeah, my wife's one of them. They're, they're just <laughs> injury-prone. <laughs> um, so the the last thing, because I wanted to, co- I said earlier, I wanted to come back to this. And I want to do it now, because otherwise we'll spend, you know, way too long. And one misconception is we you talked about being a good martial artist doesn't mean you're a good martial art teacher. Mm, yes. And so I think that's a big con- misconception is th- the the teacher, if they're good at being a teacher, is good at being a teacher. Their rank is simply the knowledge they have to pass on. So just because someone is a black belt or a higher rank doesn't mean they're a good teacher and that's something i've taken a lot of time to research uh psychology how people learn how people process information to try to be a good teacher 
I'm not the best martial artist out there by any means. There are so many people that could whoop me. Um, and so, but I am a very good teacher of martial arts. I can relate to people uh, and things of that nature. And those are not always the same. Would you agree with that? No, I, I have always, at least since I started teaching, felt the same way. Because I've been doing martial arts for two-thirds of my life, but I still don't feel like the best martial artist. I am good. I am talented, but I'm not this amazing martial artist. Uh, but a teacher, that's where I feel like I take more pride, and I've said this before about our dojo. I don't think our instructors are maybe the most talented martial artists you'll ever find. I met some really talented people spectacular but I do think we are some of the best teachers I've got a chance to meet and that is something we continue to try to build our knowledge and skills of in our school Uh, we try to relate to our students on our leadership team and that's something I, I take pride in is the teaching part of it and if you want to run a successful martial arts school you have to have the skill to be good at martial arts, you have to have the teaching knowledge, and then of course the business knowledge. And that's gets back to what this podcast is about. Those three things and how they tie together and the different parts of them. Right, because there are several times um, that I've met great martial artists, but they don't know how to teach. And so it kind of becomes a, well, let me show you the move, now figure it out. And then when a student can't figure it out, they're just like, well, you're just not trying hard enough. No, you have to be able to teach it. I've also met some really good teachers, some really good martial artists, but they don't understand how to run a business. These are very separate things. And so um, if you're looking into martial art yourself, you should, if and you look into a school, definitely rank is great. A high rank is amazing really pay attention to how they teach, how the students respond, are the students learning, how are, how they react to that teacher. Because I've met some very high-ranking martial artists that could beat the ever-loving tar out of me, but they couldn't teach something simple. To the point of they would show me something, I would learn it, and then I would go teach it for them because they were like, hey, you know, you... you really are good with kids and you know how to relate to them can you help this person learn this move sure absolutely that's something that i've developed very good at even though they may be technically better at the move than i am and so a great martial artist does not always mean a great teacher and a great teacher doesn't always mean a great martial artist my last story on that just because i find it funny is one of uh our friends another instructor we know we, I once went to a martial arts uh, kind of camp retreat with them, and it's so funny to see because there was some maybe of that aspect of great martial artists, questionable teaching at times. But our friend, a great instructor, so it was just fun seeing everyone here who knew him just <laughs> flocking to him. They all just wanted to be mm-hmm. around him the whole time because he is such a great teacher, was one of my instructors growing up. <laughs> so yeah, it, and we'll definitely get Shout out. a chance to talk more about that. We'll have to get him on the podcast sometime. Oh yeah, that'd be great. But no, we'll we'll have a chance to talk more about kind of that teaching side versus martial arts side more. 
But those are just some of the misconceptions I know I wanted to talk about, you wanted to talk about. And if you're listening to this podcast and you do martial arts, I hope you're able to kind of get a deeper perspective on it. And if you don't do martial arts and you're interested, do some research in your area. See if you can find a school that fits what you're looking for and will help you learn, uh, maybe not discipline, but how to get that body awareness to have discipline. And if you're listening and you have any, you know, thoughts about martial arts that you're curious about, you know, uh, let us know, leave a comment. And uh, if you, hey, I went to a martial arts school and they were doing X, Y, or Z, is this a misconception? Um, definitely let us know, leave a comment on it. We'd be happy to, uh, to uh, respond back or maybe even talk about that in a future podcast. So, because there's so many other, I'm sure, misconceptions out there that we only grazed on the topic uh, of that. You can reach us at our dojo, Integrity Martial Arts. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or you can search on Google for our website. If you do want to leave a comment, uh, get in touch with us. You can also find me with my team, Paragon Coalition. Uh, thank you guys again so much for listening to this. We'll be planning on doing this first season of podcast episodes every other Monday. You can find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Uh, thank you guys. I look forward to getting to record another episode soon. My name's Joshua. See you guys next time. Yeah, my name's Kevin. It was a lot of fun, and we will catch you guys next time. Thank you all so much for listening.